Welcome to episode 199 of Saturday Football Uncensored, brought to you by Saturday Down South. On today's episode, we recap week five. You can find the show on the website, SaturdayDownSouth.com and Apple and Spotify. Don't forget to join us for the live recording of the show, just like you're doing tonight, every Sunday at 8 Eastern time on the Saturday Down South YouTube page. Go share with your friends, please. We're looking to expand the pod. Find clips from the show on Twitter at SatDownSouth and at SatFBUncensored. On Instagram and TikTok at Saturday Down South. And you can find us on our YouTube page, of course, at Saturday Down South. And now, Chris, here's the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Saturday Football Uncensored, brought to you by Saturday Down South and Texas Pete. I'm your host, Tyler Huck. And with me, as always, Chris Marler. Chris, what a weekend. That was fun. I, remember, I got into my first battle week? on Twitter. You did. Guess who it was with? <laughs> it was with Georgia fans. My favorite you know text maybe I've ever received from you was you saying, and I quote, um, now I get it why you were constantly fighting with Georgia fans. <laughs> can you can you like real quick can you imagine the meltdown that would have ensued what's up Bo blackwell welcome in dude um oh chris is here and chris was very mad at me yesterday freedom van for a first timer as well in the live chat oh love it freedom van um yeah what weird name but let's do this oh yeah i love it love it uh can you imagine the meltdown that would have ensued if they lost that game we're gonna get into that it's probably where we should start really to be honest I feel so much more vindicated in two of the takes that I had last week, which is one, <laughs> one that USC is nowhere near a top five team at all. And two, I feel fine with the fact that I had Georgia out of our top five last week. Yeah, you, I mean, had you said that on Twitter, things might have gone apoplectic. Yeah, it was that's not what good. I did. Should we start there? We can, well, Why don't we start there? We got a, a heavy yeah. Georgia uh, contingent, typically. Although we didn't go live on Facebook, so the viewership is is a little down for the live show. But that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, it's, it's, I, it's been hooked up to yours or mine, because I haven't been on my Facebook in forever. It was disconnected from the YouTube page for Saturday Down South. I reconnected it, but then I think I should have gone back. But I, I just tried it. We're jumping up in, in listeners, so here we go. All right. Sounds so good. The Georgia game. Where do we start? Uh, another slow start for Georgia. Yeah. That's kind of been a theme. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying... Like, what, what were your thoughts? Because the, the game certainly didn't go the way we thought it would. So, had a ton. Had a ton of thoughts. And I tell you what, we're going we're, to... We're in October now, right? And I this is going to shock you. Maybe it's the meds. Maybe it's this newfound happiness. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dub... October as optimistic October because I don't have that many negative things to say. I don't have that many negative things to say about Chris's LSU team and that loss. The defense was terrible, but we have a Mizzou fan, Travis Stewart, in here. There's a lot of positive to say there. I don't yeah. think that the sky is falling even from what happened in Auburn yesterday. And there's so many ways to take this on and look at it because here's here's the thing: you can look at Georgia and say, "All right, Auburn ran the ball down your throat because Auburn ran lined up." And what I said on Twitter was. 
you lined up in, into what is the best defense in the country. What I meant by that is under Kirby Smart, right? This is consistently one of the best teams, if not the best defense in the country, every year that he's there. And you ran into the teeth of that defense and and chose that to like you if you're Auburn, you chose violence. Like that was that was what you decided to do. And how are you gonna win the football game? Because they have not been able to throw the ball coming into the game. I threw out that stat last week and it went everywhere. Five straight games against power five competition where they hadn't had hundred yards passing. They go into this game, they still don't do that. So they what do they do is they line up, they have 43 rush attempts. It is tied for the most rush attempts against Georgia in the last five years, and they have the most rushing yards since the 2018 LSU game that Georgia lost by 20 points. I thought that was concerning into some degree for Georgia because Auburn was very one-dimensional, right? The slow start, sure. But you know what they did yesterday that I think we've been waiting to see all season? They had some traits of what championship and elite teams do, and that is you get up off the mat, you make plays when it counts, you get your playmakers the ball when you need to, you make plays when you need to, yeah, playmaker, and you make plays when you need to. Well, I mean, and, and I'm going to get into that in a second. I want to hear your thoughts first, and then I'm going to get into more of the praise for both sides. Yeah, I mean, I I was impressed with um, Auburn's defense. Um, they were pretty physical bunch. I mean, I, you expect them to be in that game. Uh, Jalen Simpson looked really good at safety. To me, yeah. he stuck out. Um, and I thought Auburn's game plan was good, man. They They ran a lot of just – motion and they were just trying to find ways to scheme people open because they don't have the players yet right and i thought they did an admirable job of that um i think you know you look at georgia and i mean i I absolutely got killed for this on twitter but i i stand by it like they're not the number one team in the nation to me i don't care what they they won back-to-back championships like that's obviously great but it has no Mm -hmm. bearing on this season and when i watch them versus a texas or a washington I think that those teams should be higher. And I just, I don't see the, I think those, I I just don't think Georgia's the best team. I I think they're still probably going to make the playoff because Mm -hmm. they're still a really good team. Um, But I mean, Carson Beck looked really good to me. I thought, I I don't understand why he's getting. What is that about? So let's get in, let's get into this real quick. Here's, here's more of the positives. And this is what I was kind of shocked with. Now, James James O'Quinn brings up something that I, I was just about to bring up, and that is the fact that this is almost the exact same weekend that this happened last year against Mizzou. A year ago today is when they had that 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 scare in Como. Now, and here's the other thing, too. I've been hearing this all weekend. I've been saying it all weekend. The best part about this loss is that, like, or I'm sorry, this win, is that it's a win. You get to make all these adjustments coming off a win, not a loss, right? So I think that, like, yeah, you can look at it and say, I don't think they're the number one team in the country right now. That's fine because they've been pretty much a work in progress towards the end of the season where they start to peak, which is where you want to peak. Each of the past two seasons where they won a national championship, right? Like this this has not been mm-hmm. a finished product from the start. Last year, they got up to a great start and they kind of kind of get into a little bit of a lull. And, and then by the end of the season, you're playing your best football. I mean, I expect that to happen like this season with this, this team because that's what Kirby continues to do. The other thing I'll say if it's a concerning part is you did get a bunch of your starters back that you've been without. And you still looked like that. I thought Mm -hmm. Lad McConkey was huge, especially on third down. I thought Carson Beck was really, really good. I know he had the the interception early, but he kept them in that game. Everyone's getting the praise to Brock Bowers, but he made so many plays where he like 
didn't hold on to the football for too long, waited to make the right read, was making multiple reads, not just like a, like, I, I you know, for the snap, I'm going, I'm going here, right? It's like that, that's, and anybody can make that assumption or that like very, what's, I mean, I'll say low hanging fruit assessment that, oh, he's just going to go to Bowers because he was mm-hmm. making his reads. And there's a lot of times when Bowers was covered, especially in the first half where he went to McConkie on, on third down, the defense played well when it had to and, and bowed their neck when they had to. But here's the thing that was interesting to me for Georgia. You're tied in the fourth quarter. Georgia had 13 total plays in the fourth quarter. Do you know how many plays they ran the football in the fourth quarter with 13 total plays? None. Why do you do this? <laughs> You're such a dick. Um, out of the 13 plays in the fourth quarter, which we look at a Kirby Smart and Georgia team, traditionally they like to lean on you and run the football. Three rushes for negative two total yards. Yeah. They threw the ball 10 times. Carson Beck was eight of 10 for a hundred and I think 138 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions He's 80%. He was 80% yesterday in the fourth quarter and 80% on third downs. If that's not playing big time football, I don't know what it is now moving away from Georgia for a second. Let's give like that, a tip of the cap to Auburn because I tell you what, man, you you were knocking on the door of having a program-changing win, the first one under Hugh Freeze. The atmosphere was electric, electric, the entire game. And that's one thing that I've always said about Auburn fans, and I've said it like kind of jokingly and saying like they're too stupid to insult. And what I mean by that is like a positive. Like they they are for real. Like <laughs> it's that's a that's a that's a thing from the hangover. It's like you are too stupid to insult. And he's like, thank you. you there's nothing you can say to, to Auburn fans where they will not show up, be loud, be proud, be loyal, all of those things, no matter what. That's true. all last year, every every single time. And and I thought it was awesome to see how in that game that the fans were. I didn't like a few of the in-game decisions from Hugh Freeze on some of the third and, and fourth and shorts. Um, didn't think those were necessarily great. Uh, thought he also probably should have kicked a field goal early on. Um, hindsight's twenty twenty because you you have a bad snap, but I mean, I thought Auburn played really really well. They just ran into, I, I'll say a buzzsaw, but also the team that's won back to back natties. Did you ever feel in the game that Georgia was going to lose? Yeah, you did. I was very excited. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I never really felt like they were going to lose. I just I figured eventually stuff would start to turn their way. Now. I was starting to feel a little hairy there for a minute. I was like, no, that'd be a crazy win for Hugh Freeze, considering he basically took the the opening week press conference to just say like how great Georgia is. And they've got such great buy-in basically talking to his people. Yeah. Like, see if we just buy in like they do administrate administration fans on down boosters, everybody, this is what you're going to see on Saturday is what right. we could be. And then they actually almost beat them outright. So um, with, with that offense, yeah, there's not there's not many good players on that offense, uh, specifically a quarter. I, I will tell you the one thing that I Aiden Thorne's got good legs though, not like looking, but like he's fast. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I will tell you that the one thing that I was least impressed by with Auburn, and that is the non. What's the best way to put this? I'm having a trouble. I'm having trouble with my words today, as always. Um, the lack of create creativity and and surprise they had from the quarterback position because they kept bringing in Robbie Ashford, 
And then they bring in Peyton Thorne, and they kept interchanging him. And there was only one time that I can remember, I think it was in the third quarter when they were probably, I think, on Georgia's like 30 or something like that. They just got in a first down. They brought in Robbie Ashford. It was the one time in the game that they they ran a play that I didn't see coming, right? Like every other – it felt like very simple. They were going to throw the ball here, and, and like they were primarily going to run the ball, especially with Robbie Ashford. Um, it seemed very, very – obvious a lot and they threw like a swing pass for like there was like you know two yards behind the line of scrimmage like that that was about it so other than that i mean like yeah do you let one slip away if you're auburn but you have to be pretty excited for the rest of the season because and i'll say this for both schedules you look at auburn's schedule you got Ole miss on that schedule which maybe it's winnable <laughs> maybe not because i don't think they're gonna keep up with an offense but mississippi state at home or i think arkansas at home like you still got four games on that schedule that are winnable if, if even as a bama guy if you don't think that that Auburn team or performance from yesterday could beat Alabama, then you're crazy. Because I think I think that all the things were in place. They just ran into one of the best teams in the country. Yeah, and they were getting killed in the middle of the field with Bowers, which is not something I think Milrow can – that's not part of his strongest points of his game. What, what is it? Intermediate to short passes. Oh, well, you sound like a bitch, so whatever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Another part of this game, uh, we were in the third quarter, and I was just—I thought I figured I'd fire out a tweet. You know, thought it'd be harmless, maybe Time get a retweet go. or two. I said Georgia drops in the polls after this performance, like Florida State did after being a better Clemson team on the road, right? And as of now, it has one hundred seventy-two thousand views. <laughs> How many followers do you have? I have like 900. <laughs> well, first off, go follow Tyler on Twitter if you're watching yeah. this right now, right away. You got to get those followers up. Yeah. And I'm tracking it right now. And I'll, I'll shout you out if you follow me here now. Yeah, uh, 58 reposts, 41 quote tweets, 922 likes, and then five bookmarks. People are going to want to revisit this later. My guess is when Florida State loses. Um, the bookmark thing weirds me out so much, mainly because. I'll fucking say it. The person I'm I'm dating posted a picture and there were multiple bookmarks. And I was like, these fucking creeps. <laughs> I, the bookmark, there's no good that comes out of the bookmark. There's no good that comes out of it at all because it's only for people that want to go. It's never for like, hey, what was that stat? It's like, hairy dog eating off the floor for 2069 said that Florida was going to lose by 20 and they only lost by 15. I'm going to go rub it in his fucking face. You're like, okay, sick. So weird. I had somebody text me today asking if I had a bookmark for the person saying that no, no opposing quarterback had ever won his first ever start in Jordan Hare. Do you know you, that that made the rounds on Twitter? Do you know where it came from? I don't. Like a random person in my comments that had like two hundred followers just said it. Mm. Just, just said it, the, yeah. and Georgia fans just took it as like literal. So the the responses I got. We're honestly half Georgia fans saying like, yeah, you know what? Like, I hope we drop because these guys need to wake up. And yeah. then the other half was like, how dare you come at the Kings like that? And yeah, there were some people that were real upset about that. I mean, there were some real irrational tweets. I won't go through them all because um, quite frankly, they just don't make a lot of sense. But uh, I did enjoy one today. I got it just out of the blue and I checked his profile. He was an old Miss fan. And he said I should be replaced on the podcast. What? Who said that? You found my burner? 
Well, he also said you should be too as well. Well, what did I do? I don't know. He, he does he understand out, how podcasts? Yeah, I went into his. I was like, "What is he referencing?" Um, and he said basically right before the tweet where he tagged me and said I should be replaced. He's he was he said something about like he, you need to and he tagged you like clean your bio up or something like that. Me or change your bio, and then he and then he followed that up with a tweet that said, "You know what? They should probably just replace him on the Saturday Down South podcast, which isn't even our podcast." He goes and and at the same time, you should probably get Tyler Huck out of there too. Just, <laughs> but it was an old Miss fan. I don't know. Was he mad that we picked LSU? Like, I, I, just, I love crazy. the fact that he still wants the podcast to be around. Just with yeah, no, just host. neither one of us. Is. Like that, that's a level it. of petty that I love. Like somebody coming in and being like, "Fuck it, dude! I'll sit here and listen to Dead Air if it means I don't have to listen to those two. I'll listen to what is it? Eighty-five percent of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> There was there was one person that did say we should we should do this on the weekends. I feel like is just go to like our, our the most ridiculous. We kind of do it with the call-ins, but there was like somebody called or somebody texted or tweeted something about how um what was it? It was something along the lines of uh, oh I don't know who Chris Marler is, but every time I see his content, he's just clutching his pearls over um over fandom that he doesn't like in the stadium. Like, like I'm being the, the moral compass for how fans should act mm. in a stadium. And I'm like, brother, I have yelled in front of a 10-year-old's face wearing a Cam Newton jersey before I threw up in the bushes at a firehouse sub before. So don't even start. Anyway, do we have any calls? Let me move on. Van? Shout out to Freedom Van, who followed me on Twitter. Um, Freedom Van. Freedom Van. And Billiam Dixon. So three followers from that. Appreciate it, guys. Um, so yeah, so Georgia, look, so last question on Georgia before we move on, do you think they'll get, do you trust them in some of the bigger games on their schedule or what big are you game? a little bit more worried about what big games, the big here's, ones that here's they what I, here's, here's the thing about Georgia is they struggled. What, how do you want to look at it? They struggled against, let's say it was the road. Cause it wasn't like, it was like crazy offense. It wasn't like it was a super well coached team. It like they struggled on the road. Right. So if that's where we want to go with this. I, you you have four more games on the road. Three of them are true road games. You want to know what the three are? Vanderbilt, Georgia Tech, who lost to Bowling Green yesterday. Yeah, that was tough. And then Tennessee. I had a minus 22 and a half. Yeah, that is also tough. So, like, yeah, I mean, like, I, I think they're going to be fine. And here's the thing with Georgia's offense or Georgia's like schedule, too. Maybe I'm overlooking Kentucky because Kentucky's undefeated. Kentucky's played the 124th ranked schedule in the country. You know, I mean, yeah. like they had a great win, but I, I, I maybe I'm stupid because of what I just watched with Auburn, but I don't think that two teams are going to line up in a row and run it down Auburn's throat. I mean, run it down Georgia's throat. Anyway, we've talked enough about this game. We got to get to another one. What do we got? We did get a voicemail. Oh God, from this game. Hold on, hold please. Is it good? Oh, I haven't actually haven't listened to any of these, so they could be horrific. For all I know. Like the one thing you're supposed to do. I know. This guy was right about you on Twitter. Chris, while we while I'm waiting for my computer to work, uh, Green Soldier has a question in here. How do they call into the voicemail? Ooh, very good question. That I will answer for you. So basically, we we have a game day hotline. We talk about it every week. Um, it's a lot of fun. We love it. Let me look it up real quick. 
The hotline number is 770-674-8233, 770-674-8233. And you can call in. You don't have to be mad. You can be happy. You can be gloating. You can be mad. You can just be drunk. I want to talk about your feelings. I do it all the time. Um, a lot of fun. So, yeah, make sure you guys call in. I'm probably going to have to call in this weekend when Bama loses A&M. Hopefully that doesn't happen for you. Yeah. Um, like my screens can totally locked up, but it, clearly it's still working on here. So can you switch it to the next game in in the software? Yeah. So you can't listen to the thing? No, nah, maybe if once I get this working, we'll listen to the voicemails at the end. Year three, technology still escapes us. Uh, where do we want to go next? Let's see yeah. here. Let's go. I Florida, Kentucky. Let's go to Florida, Kentucky. So this was a surprise to me. I yeah. thought, I, I think watching it play out, it was surprising to everyone, right? I, I think that everyone was probably surprised at the level of which Kentucky was able to dominate Florida. Um, early on, I remember texting you and I was like, I, I didn't think it was as bad as it looked. Like, you know, you had a, a weird call on when you got a stop down 10 nothing, you had a weird call on like leaping over the up man in, in the um in a punt. So instead of getting good field position, you get the it's an automatic first down. The very next play is a 75 yard touchdown. Um, leaping is so, a strange penalty, huh? You know, leaping so such is a, a weird penalty to get. You're leaping it's, 15 yards, leaping it's for the safety of it. Yeah, no, Thanks, funny. It's funny to get flagged for leaping. Well, and it's, it's funny skipping. because like, it's, it's such a typical, them. yeah, no, for a thousand percent. But it's like also just a typical kind of problem that's plagued. I feel like Billy Napier so far in this Florida team because it's like can't get out of your own way. They score in the next play, then you throw a pick, this return inside your fifteen, and then the game's over. Like th- then the game's just over. Um, so dude, three hundred twenty-nine rushing yards is the story, though. Dude, Ray Davis. 280 yards rushing. I mean, and I thought what was interesting was that this, you can talk about before we get in the Ray Davis thing, hats off to Mark Stoops, because this is the first time since 1951 that uh, Kentucky has beaten Florida for three years in a row. Okay. First time in 72 years at last coach to do it was bear Bryant. That's how long ago it's been. Um, also side note, that team in 51 went 11 and one uh, and won the sec. So who knows? But Mark Stoops had a comment after the game, and he said, "He said what was interesting was how excited everyone was during the game, but the moment the game ended, it was almost like it got quiet because it was on to the next one. There's business as usual. It's almost like they expect to do it. And I don't know if he's just throwing a shot at, at Florida or if he means that, but it's, it's, it's a good look either way, I think, for Kentucky. Yeah, man. And um... – Willie Gray put uh, puts up an interesting comment in the chat, and um, I was actually looking at this last night. It says Napier can't win outside the swamp. Have you seen um, the list of his last few road games? He hasn't won an SEC East road game since uh, Florida hasn't won an SEC East road game since the COVID year. That's crazy, dude. Yeah. Considering some of the games that you've had in that time, Vandy. Vandy, Missouri, although Missouri is going to be a tougher game this year, but I mean, South Carolina is like, if you're Florida, you should expect to beat South Carolina on a regular basis. Did they get lost by like 23 to that South Carolina team? I think, I mean, yeah, it's, it's bad. It's bad. 
especially like and another argument that stemmed from the whole Georgia debacle on Twitter was this discussion about spreads mm-hmm. and how they can like Florida was a one point were they a favorite by the end of this? By like uh, by the closing I think number? they were a one point underdog. Either way, it was supposed to be a close game. Yeah. And they got hammered. So would you say that maybe they under delivered on the expectations for generally the smartest people that know the sport? They they underperformed what was expected of them in that game? Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, somebody on Twitter told me that pe- lines are only set so people will bet on the other side and Vegas can make money. So it's not it's really not, relevant to what the game is supposed to play out like. He's not um, entirely wrong, but I I don't know how I feel about you being the aspect of that that's right. Yeah. But that's not like where the line is derived from. No, but like I don't know how I feel about you being the 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 bitter Twitter person now. And that's I'm just saying if you're viral. a one point if you're a one point underdog and you lose what was the final score? It wasn't even as close as the final score was. Like 33, 33 to, to 14. 14 yeah. I would say that you probably didn't do as well as most people thought you should. Um, yeah, that's fair. Um, but also a lot of and that's not here good. That's not good. Like if you're Florida, it's okay to lose this year because I think most people your your expected win total was five and a half. I think. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you can't just totally botch games like that. Like to get run over three hundred plus yards almost by one man alone. Um, have the same penalties that you saw in the Utah game. I mean, at one point they had 13 guys on the field on defense and they still let up a touchdown. That was hilarious. But also, you know, the bigger concern for me for Florida is, and again, like I don't want to do what we already did going into this game, which is overlook Kentucky and say that like, because I just assumed they were going to win. I just assumed Florida was going to win. I don't know why I was so hell, like hell bent on that. And like in Kentucky was very clearly the better team. This is not a fluke. This was not like some, you know, crazy things happen. They had a bunch of like turnovers. Like they got outplayed. Like there were turnovers, but they got outplayed. And I just, I, I think that like, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. They had the like, Kentucky almost had 10 tackles for loss. The offensive line for Kentucky didn't give up a single sack. Like, I mean, like think about how the, the offensive line and defensive line for Florida looked a couple of weeks ago, just two weeks ago in Tennessee. I think that's the concern for me is that it not only was it over, but it was over early and it wasn't because of fluky stuff. It was like you got dominated. You just got dominated. So I just realized um, that it still shows Auburn, Georgia on the. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Okay, then my. Or back is your, what is going on with your computer? I don't know. Only, only. It's weird. The chat and the video is working. Nothing else. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'm so gonna exit play. out. You, you talk, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna reboot this. Uh, my browser. Okay. I'm gonna change it to this. Oh, just me. Hey guys. Chris here. We finally got our wish, and Tyler's gone. Um, <laughs> I'm here. kidding. Oh, you're still here? Shit. Okay. Where should we go? Why don't we go? I really want to get in that LSU Ole Miss game, but I'm going to wait until Tyler gets back. So I'm going to get into Bama, Mississippi State until he's back because you guys know who I am, and that's that was a, I stayed up late watching it. Okay, first off, whoever just scheduled, decided to schedule this game at 9 p.m., I hate you. You're dead to me. That was awful. Um, positives and negatives. The takeaways I had here. Still very odd to see this Alabama team uh, from a box score offensive standpoint. I'm very confused. They win 40 to 17 seemingly handedly. Um, they, they did some things. Well, I don't want to say they executed well in every phase of the game because you had a muff punt. Um, 
they hit four straight field goals. Now, I think going into uh, this week, Will Riker has hit his last 23 field goals, including his last 10 from 40-plus yards. Thought that was really important. The defense looked really good at times. And the most important part of the defense looking good um, was winning the turnovers, for one. Um, they have just owned Will Rogers the four years he started against them. He's ended his his career in four games against Bama with eight total interceptions. But Jihad Campbell... At, at, at the linebacker position, filling in for Deontay Lawson. He came in last week for an injured Deontay Lawson, um, was second on the team in tackles with seven, and he was only behind, he was one behind Caleb Downs, the, the phenomenal freshman um, five-star safety. Now, you talk about uh, this week, they both were one and two again in tackles um, uh, at the end of the game, it was, but, but they had 14 and 13 respectively. So Giad Campbell coming in as a, like basically filling in for an injured player and playing that well, incredible, incredible. Um, yeah, James O'Quinn says, everybody running off Bama, I'm angry with you. Now, here's the thing. What I said earlier, though, is what still confuses me, and that's about the offense. The offense, like, all of those points weren't from the offense, right? You had 12, 12 points coming from field goals. You had seven come from, um, excuse me, a defensive uh, pick six from a, from an edge rusher. So you had three total touch, touch uh, excuse me, touchdowns. Two of them were rushing from Jalen Milrow. Um, one, I don't, I think only one of them was a design run. And then you had the run game got going. And I think the good news, if you're Bama, is you're able to kind of go into this game and establish what you've been wanting to do all year, which is run the football effectively, go in with your offensive line. You, you talked about it with the, the joyless murder ball and angry bully ball and all that kind of crap. They go in, they only throw 13 total passes this entire game. Milrow was, I think, 10 of 12 at the end of the game, and they ran the ball, I think, over 40 times. That I like to see. Like, that I like to see. Um, I, I thought that part was great. You averaged almost five yards a carry, and they looked really good, especially once they finally got Milrow involved in the run game. I thought all of that was a positive. Um, the other parts that I think were kind of negative, if you look at it, the slow start wasn't my favorite. Tyler's back, thank God. Slow start wasn't my favorite. There's some other things you can shore up. Pre-snap penalties. You had a couple of third and shorts where you still were in shotgun and you got stopped short. I didn't like that at all. But over on you, you missed a couple of assignments uh, and gaps and stuff like that, that your, your defensive backs and safety is supposed to fill in the run game for Mississippi State. They, they had a couple of like long, effective touchdown drives. But overall, you gave up less than 300 yards of offense and you did it against a team that put up over 500 yards a week ago against South Carolina and almost 500 yards passing uh, alone. A lot of positives to take away from it. I think it's a good warm up for this week but the there's a lot of concern still if you're going into texas a&m because you can't have a slow start against texas a&m texas a&m fun fact i'm going to say this stat all week a&m is the only team in the sec i believe it even might be the country that has scored on their first two possessions of every single game so far this season five straight games so that is something that's concerning tyler's back i'm out of breath take it away yeah, man, I, I liked what I saw from Bama's offense um, involving Nye Black. Um, mm -hmm. That dude's good, man. Um, he also, they, that was a touchdown, ran the the QB. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Um, no, nah, man, I, I, it was actually what I expected out of Bama. I think my score prediction was pretty close. Um, mm hmm it's a dominating, dominating effort. They they covered the spread. I mean, I, I think they're starting to figure out what they can be on offense now. Yeah. And, um, you know, it just 
it's a couple guys need to step up at receiver, which it sounds like, I mean, it seems like is happening. So I think it's a team that I expect to continue to get better. This is a, a really good test for, I think, where Bama's at now as compared to a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and this game is in College Station. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's tough. Yeah. Now, while we're here and we're talking about Bama and I am still riding this high since they won. Can we talk for a brief moment about your boy sitting firmly on a Peter? For those of you that are just joining us for the first time, we are sponsored by Texas Pete. They are our primary sponsor. We also talk a lot of gambling on here. If you've ever heard gambling, obviously on a heater. Last year, I somehow accidentally coined the phrase on a Peter. So it's nothing sexual. But I tell you what, it makes me feel a little bit sexual because I am on fucking fire right now. I was 11. Yeah, I would love to focus all the attention on your picks and not mine. Yeah, Tyler had a tough day. Yeah, yeah. I made a graphic <laughs> and everything. <laughs> First time I make a graphic for Tyler. Yeah, like just, Buck, uh, just a horrible card. Yeah, did you, go, did you go one, eight, and one? Uh, I think we sneaked in a Missouri win there. Minus 13. That yeah. was the only one. No, maybe. Ugh. Anyway, um, I went 12, I went 12 and three of my picks. So if you are still trying to figure out how to make some extra money in this economy, gambling is the way to go. Go check out Saturday down, <laughs> Um, I mean, like I said, like all jokes aside, I'm not I'm not encouraging anyone to gamble and make sure if you do do it responsibly. Um, there's tons of links on the site. If you're in Kentucky, they just opened and legalized it this week. Tons of giveaways, tons of promos. Just check out SaturdayOnSouth.com and they'll have them all um, and all that. But like back to me, back to me, 12 and three on the week. I went 11 and four last week. We're 23 and seven in the last uh, last two weeks. Again, elite is 56%. The last two weeks, I'm at a 76.7 clip. Let's keep it going, baby. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I think we got to give Missouri their due here. Okay. We'll, we'll keep it brief and let's go to Ole Miss uh, and LSU. I just look, Brady Cook, like I think at the beginning of the year in the first week, I was like, yeah, Brady Cook sucks. Like mm-hmm. this, this team, dude, 395 yards, four touchdowns, Luther Burden. Again, probably the best receiver in the country. He's not even draft eligible. Um, look, they were, it's Vandy, so I'm not going to get crazy, but they were only 13 and a half point favorites and uh, they won 38 21. And I just think they, that game against LSU at home is going to be, is going to be lit in Como, as they say. A couple things I want to talk about. Primarily, did you see that Vanderbilt? Not only is that stadium under construction, I mean, it is fucking under, under construction, quite literally. There were people working in the end zone during the game. (laughs) There was at one point, like, Mizzou scored a touchdown or Vandy scored a touchdown, and there's just a fat construction worker, probably just a fucking mouthful of Monster Energy Drink and Zen with his back to the game just getting to work. (laughs) Just like, whatever. It's a Saturday. Um, Luther Burden, I love what you said. I, first off, well, let me give props to Luther Burden. Leads the country in, in receiving yards. Leads the entire country. Four straight 100 yards, uh, one hundred yard games. Been phenomenal in that offense. And the other receivers have been really good too, right? Like, he's not he's not a, a you know, 
catching all 395 yards worth of those passes. Brady Cook, man, he's arguably been the best quarterback in the league throughout the season. Because it's not even just from like, like, listen, I'm going to make no turnovers. There's no turnovers. Like there's 75% completion on the year. Yeah. I, I, I remember saying in the beginning of the year, I was talking to some Mizzou fans and people that are are like close to the program, whatever. And there was this feeling and we brought it up on the, on the show. There was this feeling that like, okay, well, do we start Brady cook? Cause he's been such, I don't say a liability, but like not, not a liability. Right. So like, do we start Brady Cook and possibly gain one to two more wins on the season if in like from starting him versus starting Sam Horn, who's probably got the higher ceiling, was 98 off the mound, like in, in spring playing baseball, has a cannon for an arm, four-star recruit. And that was a legitimate question people were asking. And now Brady Cook has come out and set the world on fire. And when I come out with my quarterback rankings that we have to do every week, unofficial quarterback rankings unofficial yeah. to be very clear definitely um official. definitely not official they do not trust me with that at sts to be very very clear and i, yeah. I just i cannot stress that enough i'm glad you um, cleared it up yeah of course and i'm gonna do it every single time i bring it up too um because fuck mm-hmm. them that's why anyway so it is he ha- he has he will be number two this week behind Jaden daniels because Jaden daniels has been phenomenal but my god it's just been he's been incredible he's been incredible Huge win, five and zero, ranked going yeah. into LSU. Now, who would have thought that going into this game that Mizzou would be ranked higher than LSU? Not me. Let's get into that game. Because right. <laughs> oh, 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 wow! Hold on. hold on, Ole Miss just scored again. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know they were still playing. I'm not surprised, dude. That was kind of a shit show of a game, honestly. It was awesome. What was going on there? Oh, it was fun. 55-49, Ole Miss takes down LSU. Dude, 706 yards of offense to 637. We talked about, we previewed before the game, like what struggling unit will step up more in terms of Ole Miss's offense. Rocky, by Blue Chew. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, or LSU's defense, and I think we got our answer there. My God. It's so bad. Krista, I want to be very clear, because we're, we're doing the live show, and I know we got a lot of LSU fans. T-Claw, which I don't know if he called in or not, but, you know, Mickey Sheremy, Nick Hallaby, all those guys. Love LSU. Love Baton Rouge. Krista, love you to death. We're going to be honest here. This, I mean, they're not a they're not an elite football team. Uh, defensive team. I mean, their offense is really good. Yes, I will say. Like, yeah. So that makes you not only just like USC. Well, but here's the thing, and and here's here's again optimistic October. LSU is out of the national championship race, and this is the one thing I kept saying in the offseason. Like, you got to stack seasons. Like, you, you got to you got and you got to prove it to me. Like, like. Not saying like to me personally, like, but that's one of the reasons I wasn't so high on them. And I talked to like you know guys like Matt Muscona and, and and like Hester and all those guys that are close to the program, and I wasn't sold on it because of the fact that it's like we haven't seen them stack those seasons multiple years in a row. And I I'm not even saying in the SEC, but I'm definitely saying in a national standpoint that is not something they've been able to do. And like 
them being just considered a national title contender. And I kept saying there's concerns there. And I think that a lot of that offseason hype was, was built off of year one under Brian Kelly, you beat Bama and you got to the SC championship game. And I think all that's kind of come to fruition because they, you know, you know what I kept hearing about? They put up 30 points and 500 yards on Georgia's defense last year. You know what I didn't hear about that? You gave up 50. Yeah. And you go into this game and like what happens? You gave up a ton. You gave up a ton of points last year to a bad AM team. The secondary has been so bad, so bad. And for them to go into Ole Miss, a team that you should beat, you're favorite on the road. And I'm not even just saying you should beat them because of because of that, but you should be able to beat that team, right? Like, I mean, you would agree with that? Especially if you put up almost 50 points. Yeah. Yes, for one. And also, <laughs> if you just saw this offense go to, to Alabama and only put up 10 points, like there's a blueprint. Like like people have been telling me all year about how bad Bama is. And you look at this LSU team and it's like you at least have – I mean, there's an opportunity there, right? But the fact that Ole Miss came in, put up over 300 yards on like rushing and passing, 700 yards total, 55 points. They had 80 plays, Tyler, gave up zero sacks. Zero sacks. Where is Mason Smith? Where is Harold Perkins? What is happening? Well, Harold Perkins, they, that's a travesty what they've done to him this year in terms of where yeah, they're playing him and the position that they have him. Like the kid was an absolute playmaker rushing the ball last year and you just neutered him. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you know, you've got studs on that D line. Um, Look, it starts. It, LSU likes to consider this, themselves DBU, which I mean, there's about ten schools that probably do. Um, this ain't it, man. Like you, you took a kid from Ohio State. Not your fault he got injured, but you took a kid from D two, who granted was an All American there, but you took Denver Harris, who you get kicked out of a Jimbo, Jimbo Fisher program. You've done a lot wrong, <laughs> and I'm not even saying that. I'm not even trying to like throw shade. Like he gives yeah. players chances, um, especially if they're good. So you can't be super stunned when that doesn't work out. And I'm sure, you know, they can, they can recruit their way out of that through the high school ranks, but it ain't it right now, man. It's just no. an LSU fan's got to be really discouraged, especially because you're kind of wasting what has been a really, really good offense this year. Um, Jaden Daniels, you've already made made the point, has been fantastic. I mean, yeah. you can't ask for more. Brian Thomas, like we saw, we or I asked at the beginning of the year, okay, we know about Malik Neighbors, but you know who else is going to step up on that offense? And Brian Thomas has really done that. I mean, that that dude's a stud. He's a he's stud. got what six or seven touchdowns? He had three yesterday. I mean, he had three yesterday. I I, I think now, and here's the thing: I, I see what you're saying about wasting the offense, okay? But the optimistic October part that I'm going to say, the one good thing if you're LSU, like. You got to get back to work, like Brian Kelly was saying. There's still a ton of opportunity. Like, you're not going to win the national championship, right? I, I, I don't think. I'll give you a brief glimpse of hope here. There's only one team that's won a national championship with, with two losses in the modern cultural era. I'm sure Bama did it like seven times back in the 40s. I don't know. But, like, there's only one team in the modern era that's done it, and that's LSU. This year has been pretty crazy so far. Decent amount of upsets. Duke was in a, a dogfight with, with Notre Dame. Who knows what's going to happen because we're just now in October. So maybe – all of these things happen because we we haven't seen a cultural playoff without an SEC champion. We've barely seen a, a, any non-SEC like 
like what's the best way to put it? Like we haven't seen hardly any national championships in like in my in the last 20 years, I feel like, that didn't feature at least one SEC team. So mm-hmm. like you have that to stand on. And, and if they win the SEC, which they still can, you're not you're you're not like completely out of the playoff picture, but you probably are, right? But you can still a lot of your goals, I don't think, are like completely gone. Like you can still go in the West, you can still go beat Bama, you know, all of those things. Maybe I don't know, but the offense and Jaden Daniels has been awesome. They've been awesome. Um, I still like look at that game and like I, I look at like what I mean. Ole Miss is a really good team, especially at home. And, and Lane Kiffin, he was in his bag yesterday, and so was Jackson Dart. They just didn't make any mistakes. One of the things I said going into this game that was concerning for LSU was they ranked 11th or worse in explosive plays, basically in yards per attempt in explosive um, plays over 20-plus yards, and in uh, opponent rushing attempts over 10-plus yards. And you look at the the combination of Quinshaw Junkins and um, Ulysses S. Grant, whatever his name is, at, at running back, they had combined 11 total rushes over 10-plus yards. That they As a team, they had over 20 plays that were 10-plus yards or more. They were phenomenal. I mean, they, they were phenomenal. I still thought LSU had a chance to win at the end, Switching over to that, like let's give some credit to Ole Miss. Like Jackson Dart played out of his mind. That's a team that we haven't we we know we see a lot of stuff from Lane Kiffin that we're like, okay, Lane teams are going to be great on offense. They're going to be fun to watch. They've usually got a little bit of their their coach's personality, um, and and all that. We don't really associate having like a toughness, mental toughness, being able to come back. When you're down, like we don't really see that from Lane. We didn't even, we definitely didn't see it a week ago. Down two scores in the fourth quarter with the option to roll over and die. And they came back and won. I mean, like that wasn't, that was phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know that. Unreal. It just disappeared again. Your internal temperature your computer is too high. Um, switch out your computer again. I got you. Uh, okay. I'll just do this horrible angle. <laughs> We're on just firing all cylinders now. We're on a Peter. Yeah. What were your thoughts from the game? From Ole Miss to LSU? Yeah. I just gave them. I'm just saying, like, like <laughs> moving forward, like moving forward, do you think, like, no, nah, like, I, mean, I think LSU is in real trouble here this this weekend. Yeah. Against Missouri. I, when you're getting beat like that on defense, I mean, it's tough to it's tough to have confidence, and that starts to wear on your offense when you're like, yeah. we have to score every time down the field because if we don't, we're gonna lose the game. You start to feel that game pressure as an offense, and I I worry about what that's gonna do to LSU for the remainder of the year. Yeah, and I mean, they're gonna have to recruit their way out of this on the defensive side. Probably look at a new coordinator for sure. Because to your point, it's two years running. Yeah, yeah, and I think that, I mean. Again, I don't think they've wasted the year with with like what they've done so far. But man, Jaden Daniels has over two thousand total yards of offense so far and twenty touchdowns. And Crazy. yeah, it, it, like yeah. Anyway, where do we want to go next? Um, I mean, we could finish out the SEC if we want and go at A and M Arkansas. Um, eh, okay. But let's keep it brief. There's some other big games on here we should talk about. Um, all right. AM Arkansas, a game I admittedly 
caught glimpses of, but nothing too crazy because there were so many other big games on. Yeah, uh, Max Johnson, phenomenal in the first half. A&M really like, played a pretty well-rounded game. They scored in every phase of the game. Scored on offense, defense, and special teams, which is really, really impressive. Uh, like I said, on script, they come out and they score in their first two drives for the fifth straight game. Only team in the SEC, maybe the country that's done that. Uh, disruptive. I feel like they're pretty disruptive. There's a couple third and fourth and shorts when you think that, like, you know, a Sam Pittman coach team still shocked that KJ Jefferson's in shotgun instead of under center in that situation. But, uh, if you're Arkansas and you have KJ Jefferson and Rocket Sanders, there's no way you should have 42 rush yards as a team. That's insane. 174 total yards. I mean, I really like what AM is doing on offense. I mean, you found something in Le'Veon Moss. I think, you know, he's a good runner. Um, and, you know, Evan Stewart's obviously going to be your biggest playmaker, but I like Aeneas Smith. I mean, he's been around for a while, but they use him in a bunch of different ways. Um, but, I mean, Arkansas gives up seven sacks, 15 tackles for loss for the second week in a row that Texas a had that. But, I mean, that's what Arkansas gives up. We were talking about it, Sam Pittman. How does Sam Pippen have this bad of an O-line? I, we said going into this game, the thing I think that was going to – I think the thing that surprised me most going into it, and I thought the biggest matchup was going to be that defensive line, where they live up to expectations finally, and then how bad this Arkansas offensive line has been. And 15 tackles for loss. The rushing yards is insane. Yeah, just doesn't make a lot of sense. So mm. A&M seems to be improving each week. Um, just perfect. Just what you want to hear, right? Going into that Bama game, I'm so nervous. Um, yeah, Al, uh, Harry Legee says AM's D line playing very well. Yeah, well, they should. I mean, they have all five stars, so <laughs> finally yeah. finding their potential. Yeah, um, AM may be one of those teams that under Max Johnson, I mean, of course, you'd still want to have Wegman, but he's an established veteran that. Isn't going to try to do too much, you know? Um, yeah. But with all the talent that AM has, you don't really need a quarterback to do too much. Just don't turn the ball over, which they're still go- still going to be something they need to do, you know, protect the football. But, I mean, this was a domination um, in a rivalry game. Yeah. Uh, 414 yards of 174. That's just – that's pure domination. Here's something you guys need to hear about AM real quick that I don't think everyone knows – or remembers at this point in the season. One, this is not 2022 Texas A&M. They're not five and seven, okay? They're actually only one win away from having five wins. Two, that loss they had earlier in the year, not only did it come against a currently undefeated team on the road, but it came against a non-conference opponent, which has no impact on your outcome in the SEC standings. So everything that A&M wants to do is directly in front of them with a massive, massive opportunity this Saturday. And I don't think people are talking about that nearly enough. I'll tell you one thing people are talking about way more than they should. Texas Pete. Oh. <laughs> and Texas Pete. Um, Colorado and USC. Uh, Dude. <laughs> so... so so Colorado. I mean, I kind of, I kind of feel like USC like let their foot off the gas a little bit. Okay, I don't. 
just the way I felt. I mean, they were up. What was the what was the score when Colorado? I mean, what was the score at halftime? Thirty four to fourteen. Thirty four to fourteen. <clears throat> and then yeah. they scored another fourteen points in the third quarter, and then it just stopped scoring. I don't know because Colorado's defense is awful. I think I think they got a little bit unfocused, but. I think they got unfocused. I don't think they left the foot off the gas, though. I think, like, because here's the thing. Caleb Williams started playing hero ball, for one. Um, I mean, Marshawn Lloyd was running at will. You stopped doing that as much. Sort of kept throwing the football. Um, and But that defense is so bad. That defense is so bad. I will say another one of my picks, which I felt like going into this game was, like, potentially the bet of the week. And I didn't, because I didn't put a lock of the week this week. But I, I, I thought that that second half of Colorado over 10 points was going to make the most sense because I expect them to be down early. And then, you know, that offense is still really good. I think this is partially one of those things. We're doing the optimism thing. This can be one of the situations where two things can be true at the same time. And Colorado's offense is still really effective. And Shooter Sanders is really good. It was actually a lot better with his legs this game than he's been all year. Um, yeah, and they and may have found something in true freshman Amari Miller. The kid was awesome. Receiver, I mean, two hundred yards receiving. He was awesome. It, yeah. like, and I mean, and he was doing it like it wasn't just go routes. It was like I mean, he made a one-handed catch on like a on a deep like nine route or whatever. And then he also had um, like a, a slip screen, basically, as his first catch of like the season that he took for sixty-five yards. I mean, they were Cormani McLean finally got involved a little bit. Like they looked like they were really having fun in the second half, and it was. I thought th- this is the first time I've watched Colorado and I've been like, this is fun to watch. Like, it's, like I knew it was going to be fun. The TCU game was really fun, but this was like, okay, like now you're starting to see like the personality come out and some of these players that are like starting to finally get it. And I really, really enjoyed watching them this weekend. Um, and, you know, but like looking at the other side of it, which is Southern Cal, and that's the side that is going to have like a much more impactful and longer season, you would think, than Colorado. This is, I don't even want to say the second year in a row. It seems like the umpteenth year in a row that Lincoln Riley has one of the best offenses in the country and probably the, the Heisman Trophy winner or leader, at least right now, in at, at quarterback. And you're like, they're, they're so, they're not just beatable. They're so beatable. They are so beatable. I, I don't, what is happening on that defense? I don't know. It's not like they haven't, haven't recruited on that side of the ball. I mean, they've, they've brought in, High-level transfers. They brought in five-star recruits, and dude, I don't know how uh, Grinch. He, there's no way he he goes into next year, to, right? I mean, unless there's like a marked improvement, but now you got to go into like the tough part of your schedule, right? Yeah, dude. I mean, they got. We've talked about the Pac-12 all year. I mean, do they? We know they play Oregon. Yeah, they don't get Oregon State. Utah. Which I think I they know. get Utah. Yeah. If Rising's not playing, Utah Utah's quarterback is just not good. Is is Cam Rising the ugliest college football player you've ever seen of significance? I don't know. I was thinking today uh, or yesterday when I was watching the Georgia game, Carson Beck's pretty ugly. Yeah, <laughs> Cam Rising. Cam Rising Please, is man, this week like on the, the pod opposite of an hourglass. Whatever that would be, and he 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 is shaped like. I'm not gonna say that. He's shaped like a rounded diamond. I'll say that. Um, yeah, I mean, I just I'm not impressed with South or with with Southern Cal. I will say this: that Caleb Williams, as as much as we've talked about some of these other players and the Heisman stuff like that, the Heisman. This is gonna be a fun year for the Heisman. You might get ten guys invited. 
Like, like it is, there's yeah. so many deserving players as of today and people will separate themselves or whatever, but it's been so much fun to watch um, the quarterback play from, from the PAC 12 specifically. Uh, but yeah, I mean like, like he's been better statistically. He's been better this year than he has in the past. Here's, here's what Southern Cal has coming up. Okay. Listen, God, <laughs> there is no fucking chance. This is why, and I said this before the season, they were the third best team in the Pac-12. And right now, as of today, despite their record, where would you have them? I mean, definitely out of the top five. I'd probably say... No, no, in the Pac-12 alone. Oh, in the Pac-12 alone? Well, I'd have Washington, Oregon, certainly over them. Maybe, probably, uh, Washington State, maybe not. I'd say third in the Pac-12. Um... Okay, yeah, that's exactly what I said. Hold on, somebody's asking me how they can bet. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's probably fair. I think that's probably fair. Here's their schedule coming up. This week they get Arizona. Should be a, should be a dub. Then they go at Notre Dame, home against Utah. Mm, that defense is legit too. Yep, home against Notre Utah. Dame's defense is good. Uh, Washington on the road. I'm sorry, uh, home against Utah at Cal. Washington at home. At Oregon, UCLA at home. Mm. They do not have a week off during any of that because they chose to play their last game of the year on November 18th. What do you mean they chose that? That's their schedule. They got a so week they off. At the end? Yeah. What? Yeah, going into okay. the Pac-12 championship. So I, I see still see two losses on there. I got to get there. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think that they're going to. I, I just don't think they're that good. Um, okay, I'll tell you what, another team in this conference you know who is good. Oh, what I was gonna do a seamless transition to Texas, but this is good. Damn it. <laughs> All right, we got the we got the week started off hot again. We've had yeah. six weeks of, of, of big picks energy. Oh, this was one of my wins. Yeah, this was your only win. It's not in Missouri, Missouri. Okay, two, eight, and one. <laughs> um, this game. In Corvallis, big win for Oregon State, twenty-one to seven. Drew Butler texted me like right before the game or a couple hours before, and he's like, "What do you got tonight?" And I was like, "Oregon State to score first because Utah's offense has been so bad. I like that." And then I would take Oregon State money line and the under. All three of them hit. Outside of patting myself on the back, I was I know I know how bad the, the play is for Utah's quarterbacks. I was blown away by how fundamentally sound Oregon State was and how well coached they were as a football team. They were awesome to watch. Awesome. Yeah, man, they got a good squad. And it's kind of crazy that they just don't have a home next year. That's <laughs> like, I hope they win the Pac-12. But they didn't, and like DJU, I, you know, he's about what he was at Clemson. I mean, maybe he's a little no. better. He's not great. He wasn't when he was at Clemson. Yeah, he's a little bit better. I don't think he's any like world's better. Um, but you don't like you didn't need any offense really because Utah's yeah. offense is atrocious. Like they've got to get rising back, or it's, I mean, they got a really good defense, obviously. And I mean, the Oregon State only scored twenty one points, which I would say in most Pac twelve games is not going to get you a win. Yeah. Um. 
But apparently when you're facing Utah's offense without Cam Rising, it is. Because, my God. They they don't do anything on offense like where it's like you you can rely on it. Like, quarterback's out. All right, well, because I, I kept saying there's no team built in the trenches outside of the SEC quite like Utah, right? And I, I guess what I should have said was it's really just on defense. Because on offense, you can't run the football. They average 1.8 yards per carry. I mean, the, the quarterbacks were getting harassed all day. Um it was bad. I mean, it was bad. And right. we're going to say that 11 penalties and this game was still never really even close. Like even when they went down 14, nothing, it, it felt like it was like, how is Utah going to score 14 points? And the spoiler alert, they couldn't. I mean, the, yeah. dude, the, the week before, like at the end of the season, you're going to put, you're going to look at this team and, and Utah beating UCLA will be a feather in the cap for Utah. It will. Because UCLA is a good team, but you played a true freshman quarterback at home, and the score is fourteen nothing. Like this offense is awful without Cam. Yeah, I, I mean, what is okay? Let's look at Utah's schedule coming up. So they've got Cal, which you would think you could win even if he doesn't play, and then you've got yeah. at, at USC. So get Cam Rising ready because this is how they close the season. At USC versus Oregon versus Arizona State at Washington at Arizona then versus Colorado. Mm-hmm. So if Rising's not there, dude, th- this could be a catastrophic end of the season for Utah. Yeah, I hate it. Um, all right, we got it. Let's hurry up and get. Let's let's talk a little bit about the the. Yeah, we talk about this. I just want to talk. I mean, Texas is just out here playing elite football right now. Like, yeah. I think Texas is back. I think it's they've proven themselves at this point. Now, this weekend, because Oklahoma looks really good, too, right now. This is going to yeah. be a fun weekend. Like, this is going to be a fun game this weekend coming up. Yeah, Vegas has already just dicked me over immediately. You know what the spread is? Five and a half. Yep. <laughs> this is like... Um, well, I'm going on this golf trip with some buddies, and we were like, so we're playing golf during the day, so we're like, what's the night slate look like? Because yeah. we want to all bet on one game. And someone threw out the slate, and it was like one of the games I saw. I was like half joking, but it was Fresno State at Wyoming. And I was like, we need, we need to be all over Wyoming in that game, whatever the spread is. Came out today, five and a half. Shit. Fresno State's good. <laughs> um, no, I, I think Texas I is playing elite football. I think that the thing for me in this game, right, is it, like, I don't want to say resiliency because it wasn't really close, but like in the beginning of it's 13 to seven at the half, right? 13 to seven at one point yeah. in the, in the third quarter, it's, it's 14 to 20. Cause like Kansas, even though they have a backup quarterback kept answering, there was a couple of fluky plays, right? Mm-hmm. But this is what Texas did to Bama and they did it even worse here. Like you look at the second half points, right? They outscored Kansas in the second half, 27 to seven. Um, they outscored after, after Kansas pulled within six, the rest of the game, Texas outscored them 20 to nothing. I mean, that's that's what elite teams do. You put your foot on someone's fucking throat and you don't let up. And like that's that's what Steve Sarkees and this team are doing. Quinn Ewers, 25 of 35 for 325 yards. Like he's been awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Two rushing um, touchdowns. Um, you found something this year. You went into the season, you had the you lost Bijan Robinson, you have a true freshman, CJ Baxter. Everyone's like, this is gonna be the guy. This kid Jonathan Brooks. He's three straight games over 100 yards. In this mm-hmm. game, he had over 200 yards on 20 yeah. carries, 
two touchdowns. Um, you got A.D. Mitchell, who's playing really well, the Georgia transfer for Texas. Xavier Worthy, of course. And this team, Jatavian Sanders, this team is set up, man. Um, yeah. This game for them this weekend is huge. It's going to be one of the more fun Red River, Red River rivalry shootouts. Yeah. That was tough. This is – I'm – I'm almost like nervous for both of these teams, but especially Texas because I like Texas. But I like that's like I don't even the, like the feeling of excitement isn't what I have for this game. Like I'm genuinely nervous for both these teams. If okay, here's a good question, and I've asked this two weeks ago. And people thought I was being a dick. What would the spread be of a neutral site game between Texas and Georgia? The spread, if Vegas was setting, it would be Georgia minus three and a half to four, guaranteed because Georgia's the two-time defending national champs. Texas would win that game today. Like, oh, totally. I agree. And and here's the thing, too. I'm not, they wouldn't do this to today. Georgia, today. But like, you had going into this game, Kansas was one of the worst teams in the country in, in, with their pass defense. Quinn gets 325, right? He gets his numbers. Only one touchdown to the air, but he gets 325 yards passing. You still, knowing that, where you could have with a Steve Sarkeesian offense thrown the ball all over the field effectively, Xavier Worthy almost had 100 yards. So, you know, like they didn't even get Jatavian Sanders involved and they still put up 325 yards passing 336 yards rushing. I mean, that's dude, 661 yards of offense. Level. That is staggering. And the defense is good too. Um, all right. We've been in an hour. So let's, let's, uh, let's wrap it up with the, uh, you want to talk about Duke Notre Dame real quick? Yeah, man. So um, I thought it was a gutty performance uh, or gutsy performance from, from Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, cause I, we talked about it. Like I totally, well, I took Duke and God, what a, that the Vegas zone got me, dude. Five and a half. They, with Notre Dame going for two there at the end. Yeah. That was tough. Well, if they kicked the field goal, they still would have. Yeah. But I was like, oh, they're going for two. Oh my God. They could stop them. And I could still win the bet. And you know, I was thinking too, it was like, Okay. You know, Estime, who's an absolute beast, they're running back, breaks yeah. through and scores with like what? There was like a minute left, right? Uh, no, it was like 30 seconds. And I was like, but still, when they were that close, yeah, I, that's all, actually almost better because they can't milk yeah. the clock. You actually have some time. But you know what? Why it wasn't? Because, and I feel so bad, but like their quarterback gets rocked on the last play of the game. And like, yeah. now Pete Thamel came out and today and said it's not season ending. And they'll, they'll provide more on the timeline. But I felt awful because, like, if you're a Duke fan, you're, you're going 30 seconds from beating Notre Dame at home and, and being undefeated college game day to losing the game and losing your star quarterback on the last play. Yeah. What, I mean, it was what like we the, all thought was maybe it was going to be for the rest of the year. I was like, man, that is tough. It's like but, for Ole Miss and Auburn in 2014, but it obviously worked out better. Yeah. So, but I would say – Look, I mean, a lot of people were on Duke. It was a, a live spot for Duke to make some noise. They had been crushing every opponent they've had, including Clemson. Mm-hmm. Um, at home, Notre Dame coming off just a terrible loss. And, man, like, I thought the defense – like, Notre Dame's defense is pretty legit. Probably shouldn't be surprised because Marcus Freeman was a defensive guy, but – Yeah. You're muted? I don't – Okay. I don't. Um. No, I think Notre Dame's legit. Notre Dame's legit. Like, yeah. They're, they're uh, like, you lost by one point, right? On the last play of the game to a really good Ohio State mm-hmm. team. And 
you know, like there, I will say this about Notre Dame, that no matter what, at the end of the year, this is not going to be a situation where we look at Notre Dame. And we're like, Oh, well, they haven't played anybody. They're going to get tested. They got USC in a couple weeks. That defense is really good. Sam Hartman was awesome from a leadership standpoint. Again, awesome. Awesome. I felt so bad for Duke. I felt so bad for Mike Elko because this is a fun story that everybody in football would like to get around. And usually you fucking hate Duke, right? Like nobody likes Duke basketball. Yeah, It's awful. Duke football was fun as shit. And Elko said it best. He said, like, we're not going to sit here and celebrate and, and make excuses or, or celebrate, like, moral victories. We're here to win football games, which I thought was a little bit of coach speak for sure. But the next point he made, which was, you're a fourth and 16 away from being undefeated. That was what was unbelievable. Sam Hartman's not known for his legs. And fourth and 16, they convert. That is. Dude, that play was incredible, man. Like, he knew exactly where he had to be. And against Duke earlier this year, Clemson was in the same spot trying to get a big third uh, third down or fourth down conversion, and Klubnik slid too early. Yeah. And like Dabo was all over him, and it was like, you got to know in that situation. And that's where you see Hartman's been playing for 10 years in the NCAA. So, but I mean, yeah. for real, like, takes off and he just lunges his, like, just launches his body into like three Duke defenders. <laughs> He's just like, yeah. But had to have yeah. it. And it won him the game. And, um, yeah, man, like that. I I always hated Hartman just because he was on Wake and they would always beat us, and he yeah. would always just throw for three hundred fifty yards on us. But like, he's a good college quarterback at, at the very least. Yeah, I agree. Those are the games from this week. Let's get into my new segment, and then we'll do our top five, and we'll get out of here. Okay. Okay. My new segment. It's the second edition of the top five people I would like to replace Nick Saban. When Saban retires, okay. No, I noticed you got some flack on this uh, on Twitter for listing Saban's daughter like it was a clearly joke. Yeah, I'm gonna put her on there again. I might move her up. To yeah. be honest, um, at number one, I will still have Dan Landing at number one. I think he's got the best pedigree for it. I think he's been great. Okay, he's number one. Two, still think Deion Sanders because one thing, and these are for two different reasons. You, you would have a possibility, okay, a possibility of having, like, you're going to have to have some sort of stopgap. And I think Dion's probably the stopgap. Then he goes to the NFL. I don't fucking know. Can I interject real fast before you go to the next candidate? Go ahead. I'm definitely afraid that Florida's going to, like, I'm in this weird spot where I'm, like, kind of rooting for Florida to have, like, an okay season. Yeah. Because if they just like go out there and are their dumpster fire and they fire Napier, they're gonna hire Deion Sanders. It's gonna be the worst day of my life. It's gonna be awful. Yeah. Yeah. Um that's a legit fear that I have right now. I can see that. So I would take those two. Okay. Um three. Kalen DeBoer. Yeah. <laughs> Kalen DeBoer. At number four. Not a lot of separation this week, okay? Last week. I had my man at Kansas, Leo Leopoldilov. And Leopold, yep. Yep. Uh-huh. I'm I'm moving up. Kristen Saban up to number four. Okay. Yeah, that's and fair. listen, I'll I'll put her with in a caveat of this. Miss Terry's with him. Now it might be tough, Miss Terry, because okay. like, you know, like but she she's the reason why they got they, they lit a fire under their ass this week against Mississippi State. Saban even said it in the press conference. So again, Kristen Saban. You gotta four. worry about nepotism though, you know, they're like with What's going on at Iowa? You got to worry about that a little bit. I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a white male in America. Nepotism is kind of, you know, I haven't even thought okay. about it. Barely even know what it means. Okay, I'm pretty yeah. sure that was one of those one of the leaders in the French army. 
in, in the 1800s. So um, congrats to Colonel Nepotism. And then I'll say it number, and that was also just clearly a joke, guys. Clearly a joke. Um, I'm still a liberal. White privilege thing was not my best move. Um, and at number five, we got a new person on the list. I'm going to throw this out there just because, just to ruffle some feathers. Glenn Schumann. Okay. I don't have a reason to. Somebody threw his name out there and I forgot about him, honestly, but I'm going to throw him out there. You know what? Fuck it. I'm not going to put him on there. Take him back off. He's not ready to be a head coach. Mario Cristobal, because he can recruit. There you go. Okay. That's my top five. Now let's get into our actual top five teams in America. Do you want to go first? I will go first. All right. At number five, I'm going to put Ohio State. Actually, I'm going to put uh, Penn State. Okay. At number four, I'm going to go Florida State. At three, I'm going to go Georgia. Ooh. Two, Washington. Number one, Texas. Okay. My turn? It's your turn. Number one, Texas. Okay. Number two, Washington. Okay. Same. Yep. Number three, Michigan. Okay. Looks better this week. Yeah, they okay. do. Um, number four. I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. Number four, I will say Ohio you, State. Okay. And number five, I got Florida State. I guess so Georgia not in your top five right now. No, Georgia's not. Listen, they will end the season in the college football playoff, and they will most likely play for a national championship because that schedule, they don't play anybody. But if you are being honest with yourself and you're looking at Georgia today, they're not a top five football team based off of their strength of schedule, which is – let me look at it real quick because I have it written down. Their strength of schedule, which is 91st in the country, right? Mm -hmm. Like. 0-5 against the spread. 0-5 oh, against the some, spread. Some might slow starts, that, not great. Slow starts nonstop. You got all your, your starters back this week. Like, I heard this all last year with, with Bama and Bryce and Bryce Young. Where's the team without Bryce, without Bryce Young? Where is Georgia without Brock Bowers? Like, yeah, no, I, they have I, so much real. depth at receiver, and the offensive line is great. The offensive line has been awful. Like, the, the line play in general on both sides hasn't been great. The guard play at Georgia? Fucking terrible. Terrible. Like, and then you you look at like I think Carson Beck has been awesome, but where is this team without Brock Bowers? Luckily they have him, but that's not even a top 10 team without Brock Bowers. The way they've played so far and the rankings, like my good friend Lillian got on me about this because I said I said a couple weeks ago, I was like, hey, I'm gonna put Georgia at one until they get knocked off because they've been defending back-to-back -back champs and they deserve it and blah blah. And I've obviously walked that back. But I will say, like, it's going into October. Strength of schedule has to matter. The strength of record has to matter. You played UT Martin. You played Ball State. You played South Carolina, who just got worked, right? And you, you they were in the game against you. Like, look at South Carolina now. It's a 2-3 and three South Carolina team that has two losses by 17-plus points. None of them to Georgia. Neither of them to Georgia. I mean, they're not a top five team, so that's it. All right, tell everybody with all the things. I love it. Okay, appreciate the show, guys. Or listening to the show, geez. It's been a rough one today. What's going on with you? That's the end of the show. As always, we really appreciate you all listening to the show. Of course, if it would really help us. And the growth of the show, if you would rate us five stars on Apple and Spotify. Leave us a review. Like and subscribe to the YouTube page. Don't forget to leave us a message on game day. Sorry. This week. 
computer's just not wanting to do it, but we appreciate we had a bunch of callers and I wanted to yeah. play a bunch of these, but um, not going to happen this week. Will next week. Leave a message, though, 770-674-8233. Don't forget to check out the videos and clips from the show. It is at Sat Down South on Twitter, at Saturday Down South on Instagram and TikTok, and on YouTube at Saturday Down South. Chris, I'm Tyler. Thanks for listening. See you guys on Wednesday. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,